So uh, this is a heavenly scene tonight, and uh, so let me read it, and then we'll get started in it. Revelations 5 and verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, come on, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loosen the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof, for thou, hast, uh, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation, and hast made us under our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them were ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Father, we come to you, Lord, this evening. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings that you have bestowed upon us, letting us come gather here, Lord, tonight. I thank you, Lord, when there was nothing in me that wanted you, there was something in you that wanted me. I thank you, Lord, that uh, you have cleaned a spot out in me that can't, uh, Lord, never sin, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful, Lord, that you've left uh, a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins that, Lord, that I can wash my hands in and, uh, Lord, when they get dirty and uh, so that I can have fellowship with you. Uh, Lord, as we look to you tonight, we know one thing tonight. We know that no matter how many times we've studied this book and no matter how many times we've studied this chapter, that we've got to be closer to it tonight than we ever have been before. And, uh, Lord, we ask you to open it up. And, uh, Lord, we do pray for our, our nation, our president, all the leaders tonight. Uh, Lord, we do pray for our country. 
uh, Lord, but we're thankful that we have another country that we're a citizen of, and our hopes and affections are set upon that, not on the things of this world. Uh, so, Lord, just help us tonight, and uh, we'll thank you for any anything you can teach us or show us tonight. We'll be glad to learn it or remind us of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Um, the Bible said in uh, verse 1, uh, John here, John says, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. Uh, so John, uh, he sees uh, the Father, I believe he sees God the Father on the throne here because when we get down to uh, verse uh, 5 and 6, uh, the Lamb is in the midst there, which is the Lord. And uh, so what John sees here uh, is uh, some kind of a form or figure that represents the Father God. Uh, no attempt is made anywhere in the Bible uh, by any Bible writer to describe what God looks like. Uh, we have a couple places that, uh, that talk about different parts of God, uh, but nothing to describe what God looks like, because God is a spirit. And uh, the Bible said, they that worship God must worship Him with spirit and truth. I can see you tonight, but I can't see your spirit. I can see the effects of your spirit. I can tell if you've got a good spirit or a bad spirit. Uh, I can tell that, uh, but uh, you, can't, uh, you can't usually see a spirit unless it takes on some kind of a body form. So John is here, and he sees, uh, he sees the Father sitting on a throne, and he has a book written, uh, written without on the backside sealed with seven seals. Now, he's got this book in his right hand. Right hand is always a symbol of authority, of authority. Uh, Jesus sitting on the right hand of God the Father. If you go to court in the morning, I guess they still do it. They'll say, raise your right hand, repeat after me. Uh, so it stands for, it's a symbol, stands for a symbol of authority. And uh, so he's got this book, and it's got seven seals on it. And really, really, what it's uh, what it's like is it's not like a book like we got in our Bible, but it's like a scroll. Is really what it is. It's like that, and it's got seven seals on it. And uh, each seal, when it's removed, opens up a new page. There's seven seals on there, and uh, there's a lot of uh, speculation as to what this uh, book really is. Now. If you'll notice on your Bible, most Bibles, and maybe these new, new ones that might not, but if you've got a, an older Bible or a Schofield Bible, and don't have to be a Schofield Bible, you'll probably never noticed it, but you've got seven things across the back of your Bible. How many's got that on their Bible? Got a little rib there on their Bible. You got it on that? Sammy? How many's got that on their Bible? Seven, seven things there. Okay. Uh, no doubt that's, uh, uh, that's why they're on there. Uh, it's because uh, it's symbolic of this uh, seven-sealed book. Now, there, a lot of people have different ideas about what this book could be. Uh, some people say that what it is, it's the title deed to the earth. Uh, you say, why would it be the title deed to the earth? Well, Adam 
Adam had dominion over the earth. And the Lord gave him dominion over everything and put him in charge. And then Adam, when Adam sinned, uh, he lost that dominion and the devil got it. And that's why we say now the devil is the uh, God of this world, little g. And uh, right now, uh, even though God is always almighty, the devil is in charge in a lot of ways in this world. You say, you mean the devil's in charge of this world? You don't think it got in this big a mess if God was, do you? I mean, if we want to see how things would be if God was running this world, look at heaven or, or look at the millennial. Uh, but it's almost like this, if, if you could look at it this way. God, through Adam's sin, the devil got uh, dominion, if you will, over the earth again. And God gave him, a, if you will, a 6,000-year lease on the earth. He's got 6,000 years to do what he's ever he's going to do. That's why he says in Revelations, he says, I know I've got a short time. Uh, so his lease is going to be up. You see, everywhere he's ever been, he's got evicted. See, when he was in heaven, after he sinned and tried to rebel against God, God evicted him from heaven. God kicked him out of heaven. Now, he can still go backwards and forth up there because the book of Job tells us that he can go up there and he can accuse the brother and he can go up there and say, you see that Rick prophet, he's, he, he's sorry and he didn't do what he ought to do today and this, that, and the other, and uh, he can accuse me, and, uh, but I've got a lawyer. And when he accuses me, the Lord stands up and says, well, that may be true, everything you're saying, but he's mine, and uh, I paid for him with the blood, and uh, so you keep your hands off of him lest I tell you that uh, you can touch him in some way. So he got evicted out of heaven. Right now, he's, he lives in, in, the, in the heavens, the first, second heavens where he lives. The second heavens, the first heavens where the birds fly. Second heaven is where the spaceships go. Third heaven is where God is. Right now the devil is in the, mainly in the, uh, in the uh, realm of the, of the second and the first heaven. That's why he's called the prince of the power of the air. That's uh, what it is. Of course, we know he walks up and down throughout the earth and all that. But in Revelations, uh, we're going to read that there's going to come a time when he's going to be evicted even out of that. Because the Bible said he's going to be cast down to earth. So he got evicted out of the first home. He got evicted out of the second home. He's going to get cast down to earth. And he's going to get evicted out of the third home. Because the Bible said he's going to be bound with a, with a long chain for a thousand years. And then he's going to be thrown in a bottomless pit. Uh, so that's why that some say it's the title deed to the earth. Right now the devil has had it for 6,000 years, but there's coming a time. That's why John's weeping because he don't think anybody's going to be able to get this title back. And that's why he's weeping. So some say it's a title deed to the earth. It might be. Some think it's the Bible itself uh, because there is some similarities with the Bible. Uh, no man's able to open the book. If God don't open it up to you, you can't understand it. Uh, if God uh, does it through the Holy Spirit, uh, 
help you to discern it. You can't discern it. The Bible said, natural man understandeth not things of God, neither can he, because those things are spiritually discerned. And then there's that thing with them ribs across the back that I told you about. And some people think it's the Bible itself. Some people think, I've heard it preached this way, some people think it's the book of life. And the reason John's is weeping is because it, he says nobody's going to be able to get the book open. And if the book ain't open, he can't see my names in there. And they think that's why he's weeping. And then lastly, some think, and I believe this, I, some think it's the book of Revelations itself. Uh, actually, the, the book of Revelations uh, and it's the part over in the last chapter of Daniel. The Lord told Daniel, said, Daniel, shut up the book. Shut it up till the time of the end. Uh, even though you know some things, you could write some things. Don't write no more till the time of the end. And uh, so no doubt a lot of what Daniel wasn't allowed to write, John did write in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, one of the reasons I believe that uh, that I believe it is uh, the actual revelation itself. I believe that uh, because when they get them seals off, what happens is, is the book starts opening up and we go all the way through uh, seven seals, seven vials, seven trumpets, and we come all the way down to the end. And then another thing, and we talked about this uh, at some point, and I think when we was going through our John study, uh, the last people have asked me to explain this. Uh, the last chapter of Revelations, it makes an unusual statement, and it says, If any man shall take away the words of the book of this prophecy, it's not the whole Bible, it's this book, this prophecy. Uh, so I believe that that what the book that John's holding, uh, it can be referred to in all those ways that I, I told you what it was, but I believe that primarily that it represents the book of the Revelation. Okay, so uh, the Bible said uh, it's in God's right hand, and uh, John saw and heard a strong angel, and he asked a question, and the question is not who is willing. There's a lot of people be willing to open the book. Uh, a lot of people would be willing to open the book. Uh, a lot of people would love to open the book. Because uh, if they could open the book, uh, you know, they could tell what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, all that kind of stuff. Uh, John Phillips, in his study, he points out uh, that Alexander the Great would have liked to open the book. Uh, Genghis Khan would have liked to open the book. Napoleon would have liked to open the book. Hitler would have liked to open the book. But he didn't say who was willing. He said who's worthy. Who's worthy. And uh, a search is started in verse 3. And he said, No man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither look thereon. There's three worlds tonight. We think mainly about our world. Uh, we think about earth. There is a world upon earth where you and I live tonight and populate it, occupy it. But just as real as there's a world right here tonight, there's one right above us. And there's people up there too. 
And just as sure as there's a world up there and one right here, there's one right below us where people are at too. And uh, so you got heaven, earth, and hell. And he said they searched all three worlds. Uh, and he said uh, he couldn't find anybody uh, to open the book, neither to look thereon. Couldn't even find anybody to look on it. And he said, I wept much. And uh, the reason he's weeping, uh, I said, I heard it preached one time that this book was the book of life. If you're saved tonight, your name's in the book of life, Revelations 20:14, and uh, Revelations 13, 8. If you're saved tonight, your name's in the book of life. Uh, if you're not saved tonight, uh, your name may be, I believe it this way, your name may be in the book of life, but if you die before you get saved, God will blot your name out of the book of life. I believe that everybody's name is in the book of life when they're born and breathe and live. But if they don't get saved, that's why the Bible said you got a space to repent. If you don't get saved in 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years and you die, then your name is blotted out. That's why the Bible talks about different places. People think it's talking about losing your salvation. It's not talking about losing it. It's talking about people who ain't never had it. And if they don't get saved and they die lost, their name will be blotted out of the book of life. And then when they stand at the great white throne judgment and God is judging people and they'll say what that song says we sing sometimes, please search the book again. I know my name was there. Yeah, it was there, uh, but you didn't get saved. Uh, so now it's not there anymore. And uh, so... He's weeping much. I don't think he's weeping because he can't get it open to see if his name's in there. I think he's weeping because unless they get that book open, earth will always be like it is right now. I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I'd be weeping too if I thought there wasn't going to never be nothing no better than what it is right now. And uh, we know that this earth we're living in, it gets worse all the time and uh, we know that uh, people say man I can't believe stuff's going on today I used to didn't see that stuff when I was a kid no you didn't because wicked men are waxing worse and worse and because lawlessness is abounding in our land anarchy is becoming a a very a daily thing that we see in one form or the other. Lawlessness abounding. The love of many has waxed cold. You see, when you see all this lawlessness, if you're not careful, you can get to the point where your love will wax cold and you don't trust anybody. Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't love anybody. Uh, it's, your love waxes cold. Uh, because uh, you just uh, think about yourself and you forget about everybody else. And, uh, and the Bible says that will happen, and it is happening, and it has happened in the world, and it's even happening in the church. But we should, we should, really, we should really strive against that in the church. We should strive to keep the unity of the Spirit among the body in the church. We should love one another and pray for one another and, uh, and all that kind of thing. 
And so I believe the reason John's weeping is because that, that he's, he's afraid nobody's going to be able to open the book. And unless you can open up the book, you can't, you can't have chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Unless somebody opens the book, you'll never get to Revelations 21. And 22. And so, if I thought we couldn't ever get to that place where the Bible said God will wipe away all tears, there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, the former things will pass away, I'd be a sad person tonight too if I didn't think that we'd ever not be able to get to a place like that. And so, John has uh, got John to weeping. And uh, he says, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open the book and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, now the elders represent, uh, could represent Old Testament saints, could represent uh, church uh, age saints since the rapture has took place in chapter 4. He said, One of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loosen the seals thereon. And uh, so he calls ever who's going to open the book, he calls him the, uh, calls him the, uh, behold the line of the tribe of Judah. All the way back in Genesis 49, and uh, Jacob is dying and he's blessing the, uh, his family, and he makes this statement in verse 8. And he said, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. He said, uh, uh, thy hand shall be in the neck of thy enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as an old lion who shall rouse him up. Watch verse 10. The sceptre shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. There's a prophecy of the rapture. All the way back in Genesis 49, Judah is talking about the Lord. And he says, uh, uh, he said, uh, the sceptre shall not depart. That means authority, uh, the kingship, shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So uh, we have a reference there to the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. That puts him in a, in a kingly uh, with jar, if you will. And uh, so John looks and he said, uh, and beheld, he said, I, and I beheld, verse 6, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth. Okay? We have this. Uh, now, it's been there all along. Uh, lamb's been there all along, but John just now sees him. You say, why is he just now seeing him? Well, he's been looking at all that back in chapter 4. Uh the throne and people praising the Lord and casting crowns and he's been looking at all the other things going on around him and it's uh, just like a lot of times uh, uh, the Lord could be here in the church but you miss him 
because you're looking around at other things. And, uh, and you might miss him. It's like I preached Sunday night. Jacob said, surely the Lord's in this place. And I knew it not. And so there's a lot going on. Uh, it's not that the Lamb just now appeared there. He's been there all along. And notice what he's called. He said, there stood a Lamb. Didn't say a lion. He said, there stood a Lamb as it had been slain. Did you know that the only thing, the only thing that will be in heaven... Uh, made by uh, man is the wounds in Jesus' hands and side. Those are open wounds. They don't heal. Uh, they're still there. When we get there, you said, how do you know that? Because Zechariah 14 said when the Lord comes back and stands on the Mount of Olives, that those Jews will say, what are those wounds in your hands? And he said, they're where I was wounded in the house of my friends. Uh, so those wounds are open wounds. Uh, they'll be there all throughout eternity. Why? Because every time you and I look at the holes in his hands and the hole in his side, every time we look at those wounds, we'll just be reminded all over again that he died for us, he suffered for us, he took our place, and everything else in heaven will be perfect. Uh, everything man's made will be burned up on the earth. When you get to heaven, you'll have a perfect body. You won't have any of those scars of sin if you've gotten a a fight or, or you got uh, some, a car wreck and you got scars on your body, you won't have them when you get to heaven. But the Lord will. He'll still have them. Now he says, I've seen him as a lamb, as a lamb. Jesus Christ is referred to as a lamb in the Old Testament only two times. Only two times does it directly refer to him as a lamb. That's Isaiah uh, 53 is one of the places where it uh, refers to him. In Isaiah 53 and in Jeremiah 11 and verse 19. It's only twice in the Old Testament. That surprised me. I figured it would be more than that. But only twice he's referred to as a lamb. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only twice in the book of Acts, only twice is he referred to as a lamb. Only, only twice in the New Testament as a lamb. But do you know how many times he's referred to as a lamb in the book of Revelations? 28 times. 28 times in the book of the Revelation he's referred to as a lamb. And so it's the revelation of the lamb. Uh, you read all through the book there. We'll get read it as we go through the book. The raft of the lamb, uh, just the lamb this and the lamb that. So some says he's the lamb of the apocalypse. Uh, he's the lamb. Now an interesting thing here is that as as the word, and I don't do much of this. Uh, I just take it like it's laid out in the Bible. But if you look that word up, lamb, it's a word a little lamb. Little lamb. I preached uh, Christmas through Christmas on Mary had a little lamb. Well, the word that's used here is a little lamb. It's a word used all the way through Revelations. Every time it refers to him, it says it refers to him as the little lamb. Why does it refer to him as a little lamb? The answer is found in the First Corinthians chapter 1. And the Bible said, But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, 
and God has chosen the weak things. Ain't nothing no weaker than a little lamb. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. The devil is pictured in the Bible at the end as what? Anybody remember? Long about chapter 12? Dragon. Not just a dragon, but a great red dragon. That's how the devil's pictured. Don't you know what's going to be humiliating for the devil when that great red dragon gets destroyed by a little lamb? God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. Amen. See, with us Christians, we, we don't practice this. We forget it. Uh, but it's a Bible truth that usually when we feel our strongest, that's when we're our weakest. You think, man, I got this. Uh, I, I got this, and, and I, don't, I don't need help. I, I can do it. That's when we're our weakest. But Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Now, if I'm weak, that means I've got to have some help. And if I, if I was weak and I could hardly stand up here and I'm leaning on this desk, this desk is holding me up. I'm, as, I'm weak, but I'm as strong as this desk is. When, I, when I'm weak, I'm leaning on the Lord. And when I'm leaning on the Lord, I'm as strong as the Lord is because He's holding me up. He's holding me up. And that's why God wants us to stay in a, in a place of weakness, not being weak Christian, but in a place of weakness that we need the Lord's help every day. Amen. And that Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. So the Lamb is there in the midst of the throne. Of course, it mentions the uh, seven spirits. We looked at that in Isaiah 11. There's seven different spirits. And all that means is, it don't mean there's seven different ones. It just means the fullness of the Spirit of God. And then he says, uh, he has seven horns. And horns in the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, horns are always a sign of what? Power. I heard somebody say power. They're always a sign of power. And then he says, uh, uh, has seven horns and seven eyes. He's the all-seeing God. He's seen what happened today. He knows what's happening tonight. He's the all-seeing God. So this lamb, this little lamb that gets up, he has all of the Spirit of God, so he has all of the power of God, and, he's, and he sees everything that goes on, and so he gets up and he comes and he takes the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Now one day you're going to be there. If you're saved, you're going to be there when this takes place. You're, going to, you, you, you're reading about it tonight, but you're going to literally be there and see it when it happens. You're going to see the Lord. Ain't there going to be something? Amen. And it's, it's going to be, it ain't going to be a little scattered bunch like we got here tonight. It's going to be a multitude of people. Amen. And everybody there is going to be saved. And everybody there is going to be perfect. And everybody there ain't going to be worrying about anybody else there but the Lamb. 
once, once he gets up and takes that book, all eyes are upon him. You're not going to be looking to see if my robe's wider than yours. You're not going to be looking to see if I got more crowns than you got. No, all eyes are going to be on the Lord. Be good if we do like that here. I know we can't, but it'd be good if we'd come like tonight or Sunday morning or revival and all eyes could just be upon the Lord. We weren't worrying about anything else. All eyes were on the Lord. And so, as soon as all that takes place, worship breaks out. Verse 8, he said, And when he had taken the book, and the four beasts and the four twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred tongue and people and nation. Now, as soon as he gets up and takes that book, worship breaks loose. I never really noticed this until this week. And uh, we got all, you know, everybody's got all their ideas about what we are supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do what God does allow, what God don't allow. And I never really noticed this until this week. But I find, uh, I find some things there that when the worship breaks loose, there's some things there. One of the things I find there, it said, the book. The book. There's a book there. When we worship, there's a book. Not only is it the book, but the Bible said he had when he had taken the book, the four and twenty elders fell down. The saints are there. Usually we come down to the house of God, we got our Bible, got the book. And when we come down to the house of God, there's usually some saints there. Uh, the Bible said if there's just two or three there, you can still have church. Still worship. I said so many times, I'm glad God put that verse in the Bible. Say why? Because that's where I've been most of my 40 years, where two or three are at. <laughs> Never been much with the big crowds. Uh, but I'm glad the Lord's there. If two or three are there. So the saints are there. The Bible said they got harps. I thought you weren't supposed to have no music in church. You say, what's a harp? It's that thing there with all the wood stripped off of it and set up. That's what it is. Funny thing to me, God allows it up there, but he won't allow it down here. That don't make a whole lot of sense. And then he says there's prayers. It's right there in the verse. Golden vials full of prayers. So when we come to a worship service, what do we have? We got a book, we got saints, we got the harps, we got some prayers. So I thought we didn't pray in heaven. Who told you that? Look over in chapter six. They're praying in heaven. That's a different different type of praying than what you done tonight back in the prayer room. You say, what are they praying in heaven? Verse ten. And they cried with a loud voice, 
saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge her blood on them that dwell on earth? Well, that's tribulation, saints, there when you go over to chapter 6. That's people that's got probably beheaded. You say, why do you say beheaded? But I say that's the means of execution uh, during the tribulation because of Revelations 20 and verse 4 said, I saw thrones and they set upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. Beheaded. So what's this Muslim group want to do every time? Not not all of them, but uh, radical Muslims. What do they want to do? They want to cut your head off. I think they'll have a big part in that tribulation myself. Uh, I don't know exactly how they're going to play into it, but I believe they will. So we got a book, we got saints, we got harps, we got prayers, and the kind of prayers they're praying. Well, I guess we might hear that back in the prayer room. Oh, Lord, how long? Hurry up and come. Get us. But what they're praying for here is they're praying for vengeance. And most of the prayers, if not all of them, out through the book of Revelations, that's the kind of prayers they are. You'll find a lot of them in the Psalms. In the Old Testament of the law, you'll hear that uh, Psalms, you'll hear David praying for God to kill the wicked, God to destroy this or that. You don't find that over in the New Testament. You say, "Why? Well, don't you remember? Uh, don't you remember when Jesus' disciples went out and they found that fellow, and he was out there, and he was ministering in Jesus' name, but he wasn't of them. And they come back to Jesus and they said, "This guy's over there ministering in your name, but he's not with us. You want us to call fire down on him?" Jesus said, "You don't know what spirit you're of." You're of a spirit of grace. Should be, you should be different under grace than under, under the law. That's why that I say uh, I don't hate homosexuals. I don't hate lesbians. I hate the sin they do, just like I hate the sin an alcoholic does, just like I hate the sin any other sin. And God can save them just like he can save a drunkard or anybody else. God can save them, but they'll have to get saved if they ever go to heaven. They'll have to get saved. But so we got a book, saints, harp, prayers, a song. They're singing a song. Saints always sing. They might hang their harps up on the willow, but they'll... They'll still sing some kind of a mournful song. Baptist people are always, at least used to be, Baptist people are always known to be happy because they're always singing. The psalmist said in the book of Psalms, he said, Thou hast lifted me up out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a solid rock. Thou hast put a song in my heart. Even praise unto God. So God's people, they get together they sang, and uh, we've been uh, here last little bit. We hadn't sung much on Sunday morning congregational song, and you miss it, don't you? You miss it. We come back Sunday night, and there's not as many here, and we sang, and I tell you, it feels mighty good to sing. The other day, we got the hymn book out on Sunday night, and we didn't have a handful of people, but we got the hymn books out, and we sung, and it felt really good to sing. It's 
almost reviving type thing to do it. So in heaven we're going to sing. You say, what are you going to sing up there? It's a new song. But it sounds a whole lot like the old one. He said, they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. That's a new part. But here's the old part we've sung all along. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests. Don't miss it. And we shall reign on earth. Jesus said in John 19 when he was standing before Pilate, people say, there ain't going to be no millennial reign because Jesus said his kingdom wasn't of this world. No, what he said was, you left a word out, what he said was, my kingdom is not now of this world. But it's going to be. I sat at my dad's table one time, we was talking about the Lord and uh, Daddy said, uh, he made a statement, he often made it, Daddy made a statement, he said, well, he said, you're going to leave, he said, you're going to leave, and he said, you ain't coming back either, and I debated whether he even mentioned it or not, I sat there, and I said, well, Daddy, I said, that ain't altogether right, he said, what do you mean, I said, the Bible says you are coming back. The Bible says that Christ is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And if you're saved, you're going, to, you're going to reign and rule and be here with him on the earth for a thousand years. You say that's wild. The Bible's a wild book. The Bible is truth, but it's stranger than fiction. How can you explain being raptured and all us disappearing in a moment, twinkling an eye? How can you explain Christ coming back and us coming back with him on white horses and him defeating the Antichrist and him setting up a throne in Jerusalem reigning for a thousand years? How can you explain all that? Luckily, you don't have to explain it all. You just believe it. Just believe it. Amen. So he said, even though the saints are in heaven, they are aware that they will one day be back on earth. All right, I'm finishing up here. Seven things Jesus Christ is worthy to receive. It's all there in the verse. Number one, power. Number two, riches. Number three, wisdom. Number four, strength. Number five, honor. Number six, glory. Number seven, blessings. It's all there in the verse. And we could make a number eight there, the book. He was worthy to receive the, open the book. Nobody else was even worthy to take it or even look at it. But he was worthy. All right, last verse. And said uh, after they got singing there, and angels get to exalt the Lamb, verse 11 and 12. Verse 13, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say in blessings and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. Now, everybody may not confess him as Savior. They're not going to. There's going to be a, more people that don't confess him as Savior as there is that do confess him as Savior. But everybody is going to confess him as Lord. 
The Bible said every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Will they believe it or not? They, will they ever do it down here and get saved down here? They're going to do it one time. Even the devil's going to do it. He's going to say he's Lord. He's the boss. So after that, the Bible said the four beasts said amen. And we all ought to know what that meant after this week, right? He said amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. It would seem at this point, if you died tonight and you went to heaven, uh, I don't believe you'd be walking the streets of gold or living in any mansion just yet. Because that don't happen to Revelations 21 22. But if you died tonight and went to heaven, you would, number one, be with the Lord. That's what they are in chapter 4. Number two, you would be resting. Because that's what they're doing. They're sitting, they're resting. And then number three, you'll be worshiping. And it would seem that the main thing done in heaven at this point. If you die tonight, the main thing that you'd be doing in heaven at this point is worshiping the Lord and resting and being with Jesus. That's what you'd do if you, if, if you died tonight. You'd be absent from body, present with the Lord. But then, I, I can't say that that's what you'll be doing all throughout eternity because once we get to the new heaven, the new earth, and the millennial reign, you're going to be doing serving him. You'll be doing other things. But at this point, it looks like what you'd be doing is resting, worshiping him with the Lord. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for the 